Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. Happy Thursday. We are back with the Bible Reading Plan podcast with my excellent guest, Mr. Jesse Like, the Hat Trick Plus One podcast master. Jesse, thanks for joining us again. You bet. Glad to be here. So we're going to read First Thessalonians. Uh, you just told me right before I press record, um, I love this passage back to back with the passage we just read yesterday. Yeah. Um, don't tell me about this passage yet because we're going to talk about that in a second. But what, what was yesterday's passage about that makes it contrast against this one? So some of the narrative of God's response to evil um, in the last time's passage had a lot of the connotations of like what we imagine end times. And the book of Thessalonians is written to people that are thinking about when is Jesus coming back? Yep. Um, and so they're thinking about this end of time kind of perspective. Um, but this passage, I think, gives a different look at it cool. than the feel of the other one. And I think it's really cool. And I think it reveals truths about God to read both together. Yes. So Zephaniah, I mean, if you want to feel really depressed <laughs> sad, go read the Zephaniah passage again. Um, you're saying this passage today is a little different tone than that. Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's not a little hard. It's not a light passage, but it has a, it, it comes, it comes around in a way that hope. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, All let's right. read it. Let's just read it. Let's just read it. All right. Is it my turn? I think it's your turn. Okay. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses one through 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security and then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. But you beloved are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober for those who sleep, sleep at night and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. I just, I just love, like, as we, we start into this passage, it talks about, like, the day of the Lord, this day of judgment that's coming, that they, they would understand that as, like, this, this time of reckoning, that God is, again, entering in in a very 
pronounced way into humanity um, in a very real way to bring judgment on the world. And, and it talks about how like, it's going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to come with pain. It's going to come with wrath, which we saw in the Zephaniah passage, right? There was so many of those elements. But I love the turning point in verse five where, where he says, but you beloved, like it's, that's a turning point of you think differently. You live differently about this end time because you are the beloved of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it goes on to talk about being children of the light and having hope and putting on like the breastplate of faith and the helmet of salvation. Like those are arming yourself or putting yourself, getting you ready to be engaged. Um, and so it's combative against that idea in Zephaniah of, of like not doing anything, of being just complacent. So there's these dual contrasts that no, we don't have to live in the same kind of agony the world is awaiting judgment. We live actively knowing who we are and whose we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's just such a cool pairing that these ended up together. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, it's kind of a play on words because um, the day of the Lord, um, they use day the same way we use, we use day, where you go, um, you know, I would say, in the day of Moses, you know, it's not an actual day. It's a time. It's a time period. It's a, you know, it's an era. And if I say in the day, you know, in the day when I, you know, have grandchildren, that won't be an actual day I'm referring to. I'm talking about an era. But he's kind of playing on words and saying daytime, you know, you guys are going to be like the day. You know, you guys are children of the light, children of the day. And, uh, and we know the day is coming just like in the middle of the night, you know, the sun is going to rise. And, um, so there's hope. Um, and I think that's maybe what contrasts this against the Zephaniah passage that this passage actually has a glimmer of hope, um, that you can see kind of the sunrise uh, coming. And, uh, and that's encouraging in this passage that there's the, the day that's coming, the day of the Lord is a day that's actually on the horizon and, we belong to the day. And so let's, let's live. And then he brings in the whole thing about falling asleep, you know, stay awake, which brings to mind a lot of things that Jesus says about being living prepared. Um, so yeah, lots of cool imagery in this passage for sure. And I think um, I do want to highlight what you just said about um, breastplate of faith and love for helmet of hope, salvation. Um, Paul uses this imagery um, elsewhere too, uh, where he's talking about, you know, the armor of God. But uh, it actually made me think of Deborah. Mm. And um, Deborah, who is called to, um, he's, she's called out. She, you could say she's elected by God to rescue people and, um, and to be uh, um, an ambassador of the day, of, of, God's, um, of God's rescuing day for those people. And I think this is where we get election really wrong, um, you know, in our uh, Calvinistic views of, I think Calvin, John Calvin, that is, is misunderstood a lot with his, you know, views of election. But um, if you really look into what we mean when we say election, it's that um, God has elected people to be like Deborah, 
to be people who go and bear God's kingdom into the world to rescue the rest of the world. You know, it's not necessarily, not necessarily that you've got these people who are elected and it's just them. So sit tight, you got your ticket and you're in, you know, and we've been confused about that since Abraham. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) Abraham. That's Abraham's called, but you know, the people of Israel quickly got that, you know, built boundaries and walls and tried to keep everything out rather than integrating their lives into. um, Exactly. To be elect means to be like Deborah, not necessarily to be the Israelites who need to be rescued. Although that's true. I would argue that once those Israelites are rescued, they're rescued in order to go rescue others, you know? And, um, and it's never something static that we just receive. We, it channels through us. You know, we receive it and we, we pass it on. We, we're elected and we become an ambassador for the day. And um, so since we belong today, let's be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, a helmet of hope and salvation for the sake of witnessing to a kingdom that is coming. Um, so um, I think there is this kind of frozen chosen um, kind of mentality of, of a lot of reformed churches, especially. And um, I lament that. I think um, if we are taking scripture seriously, um, that breastplate of faith and love is not just for battling Satan's attacks on us, but for rescuing other people from the grips of Satan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, like Deborah elects Barack, right. To go, in and rescue people um i bet barack was wearing armor because he had to go fight people on behalf of the people he was rescuing contrast yeah, you, that you, with the people in zephaniah who are just sitting there you know sitting on their hands complacent not having to wear armor at all no one's attacking the complacent like they're just sitting there no. well and you don't put armor on if you're inside the fortification exactly like in old days like that's not what protects you from outside attacks armors for when you're engaging in forward yep. movement. Yep. Um, you're advancing. So yeah, that's kind of what was grabbing me. It was like, Hey, I think Deborah's in there somewhere, either Barack, you know, wearing the armor or <laughs> Deborah wearing armor. So something's there that reminds me of uh, Deborah. And uh, so that's what was grabbing me. So everybody, thanks for listening today for the podcast. Uh, go in peace. You have a breastplate of faith and love, a helmet of hope and salvation, not for your own sake. Um, you have been armored because you are about to be sent out like lambs among wolves to go witness the kingdom of God and to um, make yourself vulnerable for the sake of loving others. So let's go with that uh, mindset. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.